Catch the Three Tailgaters Show with Ken Trahan and Ed Daniels on Saturday mornings from 10 to noon on 106.1 Nash Icon, WRKN, Picayune, New Orleans. Good evening and welcome to All Access on 106.1 FM Nash Icon at NashFM1061.com. Presented by CrescentCitySports.com, the best sports site in Louisiana. All Access is also presented by the All-State Sugar Bowl, representing the best of amateur athletics. And by Francesca by Katie's, serving up St. Louis-style food with a New Orleans flair. All Access is also brought to you by Lamarck Ford and Lamarck Lincoln in Kenner. By Bergeron Automotive in Metairie. By LifeGate Church in Mandeville in Metairie. By Premier Automotive throughout the New Orleans area. John Curtis Christian School in River Ridge. By Life Resources Ministries with outreaches throughout the New Orleans area and by the RNL Carriers New Orleans Bowl. It's your chance to talk intelligent sports, all sports, all the time. To join in the conversation, call 504-260-1061. Now here's your host, Cumulus New Orleans Sports Director Ken Trahan of CrescentCitySports.com, the Saints Hall of Fame Museum, and the Kenner Star. Kind of pleasant good evening, and welcome to another edition of All Access, the Wednesday night edition here on 106.1 FM Nash Icon and on the web at nashfm1061.com. Rudy Dixon, our producer. Of course, you can always get us by checking us out via iHeart, the TuneIn app anywhere in the world, via Alexa, just telling her to play WRKN or play nashfm1061.com. Our podcast always available following the show via crescentcitysports.com. You can check that out for sure. You can also email me, Ken, at CrescentCitySports.com, or you can feel free to call the show at 504-260-1061. That's 260-1061 to weigh in, join in, be part of it. Love to hear from you as we march on here this evening. Coming up in the show, we'll preview the big Southland Conference game coming up between the Southeastern Louisiana Lions and the Nichols Colonels. This Saturday at noon in Thibodeau. Coming up in the next segment, we'll visit with Frank Selfo of the Lions. And following that in the third segment, Tim Rebo of the Colonels will check in on that big rivalry. Of course, we'll talk about all the other pertinent topics of the day. Pelicans back in action tonight. Saints and their injury report. LSU and a key player that's not going to be on the field. Will Tulane find its footing finally? All of that. Still to come as part of the show with your calls anytime, anywhere. 504 260 1061. That's 260 1061 to participate. Love to hear from you. We'll get started by telling you all about the Saints and the latest and what's happening. Of course, the first injury report released today. It is shorter than a week ago, but don't be fooled. Teron Armstead with his elbow, Eric McCoy with his calf. Both did not practice today. Not a good sign at all. If you're hoping either one might be able to play this Sunday in Washington, D.C. Marshawn Lattimore did practice in full with his hand. He should be fine. But even though it's just two in Armstead and McCoy, it's really many, many more. When you throw in Will Lutz, who's still not ready. When you throw in Marcus Davenport. When you throw in Traquan Smith. When you throw in Michael Thomas. When you throw in David Onyemata. When you throw in Tony Jones, you get the picture. It's substantial. And Quan Alexander, 
So even though there's only two on the list, don't be deceived by that. The Saints are riddled with injuries, and it's had a definitive impact on the way they've played. Meanwhile, the Washington football team, which had a great defense last year, has been anything but this year. 29th in the league overall in defense and terrible against the pass. So this might be the game where Sean Payton allows Jameis Winston to take more chances and throw the ball. We shall see. As for the Washington football team, they had six players who did not practice today, including guard Brendan Scherf, who has a knee problem. Also linebacker Cole Holcomb, who has a shoulder injury. And running back Antonio Gibson, dealing with a shin injury. And not one, not two, but three wide receivers who are out today, including Diami Brown with a knee, Cam Sims with a hamstring, and Curtis Samuel with his groin injury. You can lop onto that six more players who were limited at practice today. So that makes it even more interesting. Those players, by the way, defensive tackle Jonathan Allen, safety DeShazer Everett, defensive tackle Matt Ionidas, running back J.D. McKissick, defensive tackle Jones Smith-Williams, and cornerback Benjamin St. Just, all limited due to injuries as well. So the Saints are banged up, but they're facing a team that's banged up. Maybe it's a dynamic that evens out to a degree. We'll see if that is the case, and we'll let you know just how it goes by tomorrow. Meanwhile, the Saints, of course, made a change at kicker. Will Lutz is not ready yet, and they finally cut the court with Aldrick Rosas, who was one for four on field goals, and Sean Payton didn't trust him to try one inside of 50 yards, and it hurt the Saints in the game this past weekend, maybe cost them the game. Rosas released. Cody Parkey is in. Parkey has kicked for five different NFL teams, and he's made 85% of his career field goals with 94% of his made extra points. It's pretty interesting that Parkey has really good numbers, but Parkey can't seem to keep a job. I mean, it's a very intriguing dynamic. He's 29 years of age. He's been all over the place. I mean, when you consider the numbers he's put up, it makes you scratch your head. Started his career in 2014 with the Eagles. But if you look at his game ledger, five seasons in full, two seasons partial. He was at the Eagles in 2014 and 15, with Cleveland in 2016, Miami in 2017, Chicago in 2018, Tennessee in 2019, and back to Cleveland in 2020. So here's a guy that's modeled five different uniforms, and now it will be six as he takes over with the Saints. To be precise, he's 84.6% on made field goals, which is solid. That's what you want. And he's 8 for 10 from 50 yards plus, which you like as well. You know, he's perfect inside of 30 yards, 34 for 34. 30 to 39 yards. He has missed seven kicks, 40 to 47. And then you go out to 40 to 49 yards. He's 39 to 52, which is not ideal. Not bad, but not ideal. 
So he has made 84% of his field goal attempts. There's that. And his touchback rate has been pretty good. 55.2% overall. In 2019, that was 75%. 2018, 73%. 2020, only 55.6%. So he kicks touchbacks more than half the time, and he makes field goals, and he gets a shot in New Orleans. How long is that shot going to last? Well, you wouldn't imagine very long. When Will Lutz is healthy, he is the Saints kicker. That core muscle injury is taking a while to heal up. He's eligible, but he's not ready. So we shall see if it's next week or whether you have to wait another week to see exactly when Will Lutz will be able to return. Not sure when that's going to be as of yet. 260-1061 is the number to call. 504-260-1061. As for the game itself, again, you start talking about that old, overused, ridiculous adage, must win. Keep in mind the Saints' bye comes after this game. And three and two looks a heck of a lot better than two and three. And the meat of the schedule is coming up. It gets tougher. This was the chance to make hay, especially after they beat the Packers. But they couldn't beat the Giants, a winless team. A bad loss to a bad team. And a team that was missing players. No excuses. Failed defensively. Stopped offensively when it mattered. And, of course, the kicking game with Rosas and the lack of confidence to let him kick one inside of 50 and then the decision to let him try from 58, which failed miserably. Great field position resulted for the Giants, and on the very next play, one play, touchdown. Of course, they had two plays like that in the game, two explosive plays that they scored on in just one play. And obviously, that was a big part of the victory for the Giants in that contest. The New Orleans Pelicans are home tonight. The only preseason game at home. It's against Orlando. Again, and it's on Fox Sports Television. I wrote about the first preseason game, a loss in Minnesota by three. And the takeaways from that game which were pretty interesting. Nikhil Alexander-Walker showed well. 22 points in just over 20 minutes. Trey Murphy stuck it from range. Six three-pointers, finished with 21 points. Brandon Ingram had 14. Herb Jones, seven in the fourth quarter. And, of course, he defended well, as you hoped he would. Kyra Lewis came on late in that game. Jackson Hayes played well before he got hurt. Let's hope it's nothing serious. Jonas Valanciunas did not play. With his thumb injury, Zion Williamson, of course, still out as well. Najee Marshall was Najee Marshall. Two-way player, solid on both ends. Starting to think this guy might have a chance to start. Valanciunas is going to start. Devontae Graham is going to start. Zion Williamson is going to start. And Brandon Ingram is going to start. So who's the fifth? I think Marshall has a shot. I don't know why he wouldn't, given the way he has performed. But it's going to be an interesting decision for new head coach Willie Green to make. The other takeaway from this Pelican team, you've got 13, 14 guys that are capable 
and I stress capable, of being in the rotation. And obviously your rotation has to be 8, 9, occasionally up to 10. You shorten it in the playoffs or maybe down the stretch, but you can go as many as 10, but certainly 9. And boy, you got a lot of bodies to look at and decide on who's going to play. Looks to me like Billy Hernan Gomez might be the odd man out for playing time because Jackson Hayes is athletic, got a lot better in the second half of the season last year, and now they've got Valanciunas at center as well. So he might get squeezed, certainly has a chance to be the way. Thomas Sadoransky, he's going to have to earn his way on the floor. Don't know that he's going to be there. Garrett Temple, veteran presence, really good defender, will certainly vie for time but he's going to be in a battle to get some minutes as well. You know Josh Hart's going to play with his energy that he brings. That's for sure. So, and Kyra Lewis, interesting study. Could he get pushed down the bench? It's possible, but being a second-year player with quickness and speed, I think he'll get a chance to play. Just my take on him. I mentioned Marshall. He's definitely going to play. And he has to. Ingram and Williamson, no doubt. So it's going to be interesting to see who else is going to get in that rotation over an extended period of time because there are a lot of bodies to choose from, again, when you're talking about the people on this roster that can play, you know, that either have proven themselves Definitively, or show the ability. Nikhil Alexander-Walker, Devontae Graham, Josh Hart, Jackson Hayes, Willie Hernan Gomez, Brandon Ingram. Then you got Herbert Jones who's got to play. Kyra Lewis, Najee Marshall, Trey Murphy, Tomas Sanoransky, Garrett Temple, Jonas Valanciunas, Zion Williamson. That's 14 guys. I didn't even mention Wenyan Gabriel, and he was an intriguing guy for this team last year with his length and athleticism, and I certainly didn't mention Didi Lozada, who's a very good defender, but his offensive skills just don't seem to be where they need to be. Jose Alvarado certainly looks to be an odd man looking at, odd man out looking in, Dalton Hummus, same way. Just no room at the end for these guys. Jared Harper, likewise. So, again, I look at this team. I think it's deeper. I think it is a better roster than a year ago. But is it good enough to change a team that was 10 games under 500 and make it a winning team? Is it good enough to take a team and make it a playoff team with a first-year head coach who has never been a head coach previously? I can answer that question. It depends solely on Zion Williamson. Is he healthy? When is he healthy? And how effective is he going to be? Is he in shape? I mean, there's so much to look at and to consider with the potential for this team. I think they're better on the defensive end overall. Hayes is a rim protector. Valentinus is a big dude. Herbert Jones is a pure on-the-ball defender. Najee Marshall, same way. Garrett Temple, same way. And I think Trey Murphy's a 3 and D guy who can defend. So I think defensively they're better overall, as they must be. And I think offensively they have more weapons, more guys to go to, more choices on that end of the floor 
to try to score the ball. That's my opinion. So I'm very interested to see just how this pans out in the long run. The challenge for Willie Green is sorting out who his primary guys are because you can't make everybody happy. Some guys are going to be buried on the bench. There will be G League players and maybe a player or two that aren't here for a long period of time. All of that will be determined. Not sure exactly how it pans out, but tonight is the one opportunity you get to see this team at home as the Pelicans host Orlando at Smoothie King Center. Second of four preseason games. That's it, four. And then they'll get it rolling. So it happens pretty fast. And as we always say, it kind of gets lost in translation in the midst of football season on the professional level, on the college level, and on the high school level as well. Basketball takes a backseat for a while, but if this team can get off to a good start, that backseat will change, in my estimation. If you'd like to join in the conversation, it's 504-260-1061. That's 260-1061 to participate. Later on in the show, we'll touch on LSU and Tulane. Also, we'll visit with Tim Rebo, the head coach of the Nichols Colonels. But when we return, following a brief timeout, we'll talk about the Southeastern Lions. Lion up. We'll visit with head coach, outstanding head coach, veteran coach Frank Selfo, who will join us next to talk about his high-scoring team. That's coming up when we continue following a brief timeout. Glad you've joined us on this Wednesday night midweek version of All Access. Ken Trahan with you. Back in just a moment here on 1061 FM, Nash Icon. And as always, you can catch us on the web at NashFM1061.com. Inside New Orleans, if it's New Orleans sports, culture, food. Inside New Orleans with Eric Asher is talking about it. Weekdays at 4 on 1061 Nash Icon and available online anytime at NashFM1061.com. Your parents reached for Vicks when you were little. Now that you're a parent, Vicks Children's Botanicals Cough Syrup is what you reach for to help soothe coughs and clear mucus without drugs or high fructose corn syrup. That's because it contains natural marshmallow root and ivy leaf to help soothe coughs and clear mucus associated with hoarseness, dryness, and irritants. So look for Vicks Children's Botanicals Cough Syrup, day or night formula. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This week at Macy's, get an extra 20% off your trademark fall look with your coupon or Macy's card. That's on top of 25% off fab fall looks from Ink, Alfani, and more. And 40% off bath and bedding from Oak, mindfully made and created for Macy's. Or save on fresh boots and shoes. Buy two, get 40% off. Plus, Macy's Star Rewards members can earn even faster Dream Macy's Star Money bonus days. Going on now. Details at Macy's.com slash star money savings off sale and clearance prices exclusions apply spud here and you know the first place i go when my family needs to see a doctor's rapid urgent care i mean you're in and out of there in 40 minutes give or take you spend that much time in an er just waiting to get triaged from a broken ankle to a bee sting to a covid test rapid urgent care has got you covered with clinics all over southeast louisiana you don't need an appointment just walk right in with your id and your insurance card or you can sign up for their health care partnership Rapid Urgent Care also has a telemed center. Just waiting for your call might save you a trip. Go to rapidurgentcare.com to find out more and to find the clinic nearest you. 
DA Exterminating is proud to be locally owned and serving Louisiana's Gulf South for over 60 years. If you want a fast response and great service, call DA now on the North Shore and in Metairie, or you can visit us online at daexterminating.com. This report is sponsored by Macy's. This week at Macy's, get great deals on fab fall looks, like new shoes and sandals, bed and bath basics. Plus, Macy's Star Rewards members can earn even faster during Macy's Star Money Bonus Days. Details at macy's.com slash star money. I'm Ken Trahan. Welcome to your daily sports report presented by Crescent City sports.com. The New Orleans Pelicans 0-1 in the preseason play their only home preseason game tonight at Smoothie King Center against Orlando at 7 p.m. The New Orleans Saints are back at practice today in preparation for Sunday's game in Washington. Running back Tony Jones will be sidelined three to four weeks with an ankle injury. The Saints have reportedly signed Devon Ozigbo off the Jacksonville practice squad. He was with New Orleans, you might remember, in the preseason of 2019. The Saints have also released kicker Aldrich Rosas and have reportedly signed Cody Parkey to replace him. Parkey kicked for Cleveland in 2020. Parkey in his ninth season in the league. Will Lutz is eligible to return but is not ready yet, recovering from a core muscle injury. In NFL news, the Dallas Cowboys have released former Pro Bowl linebacker Jalen Smith. And the National League wildcard game is tonight in Major League Baseball with the world champion Los Angeles Dodgers hosting the St. Louis Cardinals. For these stories and more, visit CrescentCitySports.com. Have a blessed day and be a good sport. For CrescentCitySports.com, I'm Ken Trahan. Now's the time. What's on your mind? Time to express your thoughts by calling Ken Trahan of CrescentCitySports.com and all access on 1061 Nash Icon and at NashFM1061.com. Call 504-260-1061. Glad you're with us on this Wednesday evening as we continue on. Ken Trahan, all access for a Wednesday night, 504-260-1061, the number to call to join in the conversation. Of course, the National League wildcard game tonight. The Los Angeles Dodgers, the reigning world champions, hosting the St. Louis Cardinals. That's at the top of the hour. Dodgers a solid favorite, but the Cardinals have played extremely well down the stretch at that 17-game win streak. And, of course, it's a team that has a great history and postseason history as well. So would not sell them short with a 40-year-old Adam Wainwright on the mound against the Dodgers' ace, Max Scherzer, who is, ironically, a St. Louis native, pitching against his former team. So it should be interesting. Of course, last night, the Boston Red Sox advanced as they whipped the New York Yankees in the wild card game. Aaron Boone's future up in the air, and the Red Sox move on to play their division rival, the Tampa Bay Rays. The Chicago White Sox play the Astros in the other divisional series. Of course, in the National League, the winner of the Dodgers in St. Louis will move on to play the top-seeded San Francisco Giants in the divisional round. Meanwhile, the Milwaukee Brewers will take on the Atlanta Braves. Of course, the Braves, who were in Milwaukee at one point, so that's an interesting series as well as you look at the breakdown of those teams and what's to come in baseball. You see where the lowest batting average took place this year since 1969? Major League batters combined to hit 244 this year. That's the lowest combined average since 69. Right after the mound was, you know, when the mound was raised before it was lowered. So people ask why? Well, it's a combination of things. More good pitching, more pitchers with velocity, deeper bullpens. And, of course, a change in offensive approach. So many hitters 
and focused on home runs. And obviously, the swing and miss ratio has increased dramatically over the past five years based on the analytics, and that's played a large role in my batting average has dropped significantly. As mentioned, big rivalry coming up, renewed on Saturday at noon at Gidry Stadium in Thibodeau. The Southeast and Louisiana Lions going to Thibodeau to take on the Nichols Colonels. Great to welcome a good and great friend and a terrific coach over an extended period of time to the show. Doing a great job in Hammond for the Lions as he is in his fourth year now. Frank Selfo. Listen, Frank, it's a pleasure. Welcome to the show. I appreciate you joining us. Ken, thank you so much, man. I'm uh, just sitting there watching film and trying to figure this thing out again. <laughs> well, let's see. Last time we saw this, uh, this version, uh, this trilogy, I think there were 97 points scored back in April. So I think it's whoever has the ball last, right? And, and this game kind of looks a little bit like that, too, because their offense has been very good. Your offense has been potent as can be. So uh, it, it certainly has the feel of that once again, right? You know, Ken, I, I mean, it's today's game, right? Uh, there's very few games that go 10-7. When you, you, when you want to score and you got good players, you got a chance to score. So I think we got good players and we want to score. I think Nichols is in the same boat. You know, they're, they're dynamic on offense. they got a 3-4 headed monster now, and uh, they did have it in the spring. So it's, it's, I think it's the team that's going to be able to make a stop, that, that'll get a stop late in the game and uh, – uh, or even, it might be a first quarter stop. It might be a turnover. You know, just it's got to be a stop. There's nobody's going to stop anybody else the entire game, but there's going to be a crucial stop along the way that's going to give the other team an extra at bat, and I think that'll be the difference. Talk about the unusual nature of facing each other twice in one season here after just playing in April as well. Yeah, I, you know, it, it's not unusual. You know, the NFL does it every year, right? It's just mm-hmm. different for college. Uh, but every division in the NFL does it. So the being able to rely on that and using the notes that I had from, you know, the time in Jacksonville that uh, playing Indianapolis and Houston and, you know, those guys twice every season in Tennessee that, you know, so able to draw on some of those experiences and then the notes that we use and what we're looking for each and every time. So we kind of, you know, set this thing up in, in April, that game then, uh, as maybe part of the first part of this, this whole process so really we're playing them three times in one season right so we're just trying to build off of that from understanding you know the the personnel that Nichols has on both sides of the ball and special teams schematically what they're doing on both sides of the ball and special teams all of those things so all that goes into it but it's really you know you want to win this game uh and that's it that's all you don't prepare for the second game this week you prepare for this game this week and then when the next one comes up uh because all the dynamics could change, and injury could change the whole course of what you're doing, and, and that's on on either team. The definition of a rivalry is competition, and this is a definitive rivalry because you talk about this rivalry, you're talking about 30 games played, and each side has won 15 times. Now, that's a rivalry. Yeah, that's pretty cool, isn't it? I, 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 they told me that stat the other day, and I was just blown away. I, I think what you – you know, for me, and it's always been, uh, I guess, as a, when I played and coaching for so long, that you measure yourself against people who are uh, are really good. You, you like to take the best teams and the best competition and the best coaches, and that's how you measure yourself. And I don't think there's anybody that does it better than Tim Reborn, what he's done down there at Nichols. And I, you know, I, I give him credit uh, all the time because he's taken a program that was down and really turned it into a national power. And, uh, 
So our measurement has to be what it is against those guys. How do we do against those guys every year and, you know, every time we play them? So we, we know we have to play well. We know we have to do a great job preparing our players and coaching them. And uh, it's going to be a heck of a game on Saturday again. Uh, and, and I'm looking forward to it because those are the games you really love to play. You don't want to play in blowouts. You want to play in these games when there's a whole lot at stake and everything's on the line. And how'd you do? You measure yourself by greatness and that's what, that's what it is when you play against guys like him and uh, the Nickel State Colonels. Frank Selfo with us from southeastern Louisiana. We'll talk to Tim Rebo a little bit later in the show here. And it's very interesting because when you talk to Tim, he has the same feelings and sentiment about you. Enormous respect. I mean, you guys really get along. You're friendly. It's a rivalry. And you want to kill each other, but you guys really do like each other. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I got a lot of respect for him. But, look, he's a good friend. I've been knowing him for, for such a long time, when I was 20, 25 years, I bet, and his family and everything else. And, uh, you know, so there's no, there's no animosity between us. I don't want – look, I want to I win on Saturday. I can tell you that. It's not uh, a kumbaya moment. That doesn't take place. But uh, at the end of the day, you know, we're still friends and we still have a great deal of respect for each other and the job that he's done down there and I have a great deal of respect. And, Look, we both went through the hurricane, too, you know, so we traded some notes early in this process. We were both evacuated, and we talked to each other about a few things and, you know, kind of helped each other out. So, I, you know, there, there's a, the respect level is definitely high there, and uh, it, it's not something that we, you know, we don't hate each other. We want to win. I can tell you that both teams want to win, both coaches want to win, and uh, we're preparing that way. Interesting dynamic in that both of you have played FBS opponents and not only distinguished yourself well, but – nearly beat really good teams. Of course, your loss to Louisiana Tech was excruciating. I know you felt like you had a chance and your offense played very well and they had a similar experience with Louisiana Raging Cajuns. So there's that. But when you look at your ledger overall at three and one with the three wins, even with the loss, the one thing that's been constant is you're scoring the football on a consistent basis, 46.2 points per game. It, well, we're playing at a high level right now, Ken, and I think it has a lot to do with the maturity that we have on offense. We've got, you know, three seniors starting linemen uh, up front. We've got a senior tight end, a senior quarterback. We've got some uh, older wide receivers. So when you look at the experience level that we have on offense, we should be executing at a high level. And uh, for us to not score or not score as many points as, as we should at times, uh, it's disappointing, whether it be a penalty or a turnover or a, or a false, you know, just something, uh, a, a missed assignment. Those things shouldn't happen to veteran teams. and uh, So it does disappoint you at times, but then you have to sit back and realize, just look at the numbers. Our guys are really good, and uh, you know, and we're excited about that. We're proud of that. And, you know, you look across the field at Nickel State, and they got the same thing. You know, they got a quarterback who's dynamic as anybody, great running game, and uh, Gums, he's been there, what, six, seven? I don't even know how long <laughs> he's been there so long. The two receivers on the outside are as good as anybody we're going to play and, uh, you know, you talk about the FBS and FCS. Look, that, that, it's closer than people think. And, uh, you know, they, they don't overlook people anymore. And that's why we're looking to play. We'll go play anybody anywhere. And, uh, you know, I, I don't think we're that far off some of those games and, and finally going to finally win one of those games. Everybody wants to talk about Cole Kelly, and we'll do that in a second. But you look at your receiving core, you've spread the wealth pretty well. C.J. Turner is your leading receiver, 22 receptions, 373 yards, four touchdowns. But you've spread the wealth pretty well in the passing game yeah you know last week we uh completed 13 completed balls to 13 different receivers in the game and uh it was 
a lot of it had to do with what McNeese was doing, their game plan going in, take certain guys away. And so we used other guys and then they switched it and we went back to those guys and uh, we just got a lot of confidence and it's, and it's born, you know, from that, I think the spring season uh, helped us out. That was a huge boost for us offensively, but the summertime and the preparation that our guys on their own, doing the things that they needed to do to get ready for this season, uh, just the timing and understanding each other and, not not having a signal, you can just look at them and they kind of know what they're going to do. So I think that 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 comfortable being comfortable with the receivers and Cole, all of those things are kind of falling into place right now. And our offensive line is really doing a great job. So you know that's that lends itself to success. Taron Jones has rushed for four scores defensively. Alexis Ramos, your leading tackler, and then of course with Cole Kelly, uh, the superlatives are lined up. We all know about the Player of the Year award in the country, and we all know about his size, we know about his big arm, his completion percentage is off the charts, he's thrown for 13 touchdowns, but the other thing about Cole is that he's run the football very well, and that's a that's an added dynamic, that's something that people don't pay much attention to. Yeah, he's, I'll put it this way, he's efficient running the ball, right, and uh, so he picks up, there's a lot of key third downs that he's able to convert because of his size, again, it's because of us up front too, and uh, you know, it is a different dynamic, especially short yardage, goal line things. Uh, he's able to do those things, Ken. And I, it's, it's been a great weapon for us now for this our third season. You know, two years ago he scored, uh, I think it was eight or ten touchdowns on the ground in 2019 when we went to the playoffs. This past spring, you know, again, you know, winning the Walter Payton Award and being able to run for that many touchdowns. He even caught two of them in the spring. And then now he's uh, back at it again. So he's, he's, a, he's a special player. Doesn't come along every year and uh, – he can play for a whole lot of teams, and uh, he'll get a chance to play at the next level, I'm sure. Yeah, I, listen, I did a high school game his senior year when he came down here and played uh, against Rummel. I mean, I saw the kid, and I was extremely impressed. I just watched him in pregame. And to see the routes that he could throw, the long out route, the cross-the-field route, the, the deep ball, uh, what he had on the ball, and, of course, his imposing size, it, it kind of had me scratching my head as to why he didn't have – more significant attention in recruiting. I know you're thrilled about that, but he looked the part. And maybe it's because everybody's caught up in RPOs and quarterbacks who can really run and such. But what do you think? How does this guy get to where he got, considering what his physical ability tells you? Well, you know, Baskin-Robbins has 31 flavors, man. And that's, they, they stay, keep the doors open. And uh, not, not everyone doesn't fit everybody. And then you know, you got to be able to adapt and adjust your offense. We've got to, uh, philosophically, what we do here, Greg Stevens, our offensive coordinator, our offensive staff, and myself, there's certain things that we want to do, and it lends itself to uh, the quarterback position. And I think Chase and Virgil, a couple of years ago, really had a great year as a senior. Uh, you know, Nicole stepped in this past spring, and then now this fall continuing that. But at the end of the day, I think what, what you see on the field from Cole Ken, is, uh, you, you see all the things that you just talked about. But that's not the biggest impact that he makes on our program. The impact that he makes on our program is what he does in the locker room and off the field. The leadership that he's shown, the maturity level that he's gotten to, is where really that's impacted our team in the most positive way. His, he has taken over the locker room and provided the leadership for us, for everybody to come together as one. And I, and I think that's where a lot of teams miss that. You know, they, they don't understand why a guy with so much talent at times, can't figure out a way to get it done. Well, he's getting it done, and it's because he's got the team that's rallied around him. He's rallied around the team. 
he's the perfect guy at the perfect situation with that group of guys. And it's just working well for us overall, and not just offensively as an entire football team. And uh, it's just working really well for us because of him. Our, our, our big part, a big part of because of him. Final thought before we let you get away with regard to this game. You know, the most simplistic question. You know, what's the number one thing? Is it takeaways? Is it just getting enough stops? What do you think? You know, is paramount if you're going to emerge victorious yeah, in this game? Yeah, absolutely. You said it. It's it's the takeaways, giveaways. You know, we can't. We got to try to get a few of them, but we can't give them but right back to them because they're they're just too good. They're going to score. Lindsey Scott's going to score. I mean, you can't. You know, look at him. He can throw. He can run. Deshaun Dixon and. KJ on the outside, Julian in the backfield. I mean, they're, and their offensive line is a veteran group just like ours. So they're really good on offense. And, uh, you know, if we got a chance to get a three and out, we got to get it. If we got a chance to knock a ball down or pick it off, we got to do that. If a ball's on the ground, the loose balls, we got to get them uh, defensively. And then offensively, we got to take care of the football and we got to convert to third downs. So if, if by doing that, now we got a chance to put points on the board and it keeps them off of the board. And that's what it's going to boil down to. And I, I, I would think Timmy probably sees it the same way. I don't know. Uh, but that's the way I see it. He's Frank Selfo, head coach of the Southeastern Lions, Saturday at noon, Gidry Stadium against Nichols. Great rivalry renewed. Always a pleasure, my friend. Thank you. Keep up the great work. Look forward to a really good game Saturday. Thank you, Ken. We're looking forward to it, too. It's going to be a great atmosphere. If you have, I don't know what y'all doing on Saturday out there, listeners, but uh, I'd get down to that game. It's going to be a good one. Go for it. Thank you, Frank. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate it. A brief timeout. When we return in just a moment, we'll flip the page to the Nichols Colonels, and Tim Rebo will join us as we continue with all access for a Wednesday night. Ken Trahan on 106.1 FM, Nash Icon on the web at nashfm1061.com. Your parents reached for Vicks when you were little. Now that you're a parent, Vicks Children's Botanicals Cough Syrup is what you reach for to help soothe coughs and clear mucus without drugs or high fructose corn syrup. That's because it contains natural marshmallow root and ivy leaf to help soothe coughs and clear mucus associated with hoarseness, dryness, and irritants. So look for Vicks Children's Botanicals Cough Syrup, day or night formula. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This week at Macy's, get an extra 20% off your trademark fall look with your coupon or Macy's card. That's on top of 25% off fab fall looks from Ink, Alfani, and more. And 40% off bath and bedding from Oak, mindfully made and created for Macy's. Or save on fresh boots and shoes. Buy two, get 40% off. Plus, Macy's Star Rewards members can earn even faster during Macy's Star Money bonus days. Going on now. Details at Macy's.com slash star money. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply. Since 1935, the All-State Sugar Bowl has been a proud New Orleans New Year's Day tradition. Through its annual support of college football and amateur sports, the Sugar Bowl attracts hundreds of thousands of visitors to the state, providing countless opportunities for young people. Resources from these events enable the Sugar Bowl to support education and community programs impacting thousands of New Orleans area teachers and citizens. The All-State Sugar Bowl, proud to host the best of the Big 12 and the SEC in the Superdome on New Year's Day 2022. I got to tell you, the Ford F-150 and I, well, we're kind of like family. Ford's the number one selling truck in America for 42 years, and Lamarck's the number one Ford dealer. So come get your number one truck from your number one dealer, Lamarck Ford, where everybody gets remarkable deals and service. And wait till you see what we've done and still doing to the big store in Kenner. We're using local money, not Wall Street money. Visit Lamarck.com for more details. Drive safely, my friends. Number one claim based on 2018 new Ford vehicle. Retail sales report Memphis Region Zone E. Refresh. 
refresh your wardrobe for fall with Banana Republic Factory. Everything's 40 to 70% off, including season favorites like soft sweaters, easy jeans, warm outerwear, and more. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. This report is sponsored by Macy's. This week at Macy's, get great deals on fab fall looks, like new shoes and sandals, bed and bath basics. Plus, Macy's Star Rewards members can earn even faster during Macy's Star Money bonus days. Details at macy's.com slash star money. This is Josh Danzig with Worry At Magazine and worryat.com for 1061 Nash Icon, presented by Sky Vodka. You, the readers of Where You At Magazine, have voted for the greatest that New Orleans has to offer in dining and more in the 2021 Best of the Big Easy contest. And here are the results. For the best restaurant for desserts, in first place is Willa Jean. In second is Commander's Palace. And in third is Revolution. For complete voting results of the 2021 Best of the Big Easy contest in dining and more, log on to whereyat.com and click on Best of the Big Easy. And be sure to pick up the latest issue of Where You At magazine all over town. Cumulus New Orleans. Incredible service and excellent results. New Orleans is always number one with Cumulus Radio and Digital. This is where you get all access. Not just the focus on one or two topics. All sports are on the table with your calls at all times. Join us now by calling 260-1061. Now back to Ken Trahan on 1061 Nash Icon through CrescentCitySports.com and at NashFM1061.com. As mentioned, great game. Gidry Stadium, Nichols and Southeastern. Great rivalry renewed at noon on Saturday. Always look forward to visiting with my friend Tim Rebo. It, it seems like just yesterday, but I guess the old axiom, time flies when you're having a good time, applies here. Seven years. Tim, how are you? Hey, Ken, thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. It really does. It has been a good time for you. So does it seem like it's been a seventh year for you already? It, it really has not. I told somebody that the other day. I said, I cannot believe we already. It seems like we just got here, uh, and, and we're still having fun. You know, and of course, winning is fun, uh, and, and we've been doing that, and we've got a good group. I, I really like our staff and administration. You know that goes a long way. Uh, we got things moving in the right direction. And, and, oh, by the way, it helps having a brand-new building in the end zone. I was going to bring that up next, and that has <laughs> to be a big shot in the arm. When I was there last year, saw it coming out of the ground and progressing. And, you know, number one, what's it done for the psyche? Number two, what's it going to do for recruiting? Well, first of all, we were, it was like we were like the kids uh, watching the presents under the tree before Christmas, and we couldn't open it. Uh, you know, you had a little bit of delays always when you're building, and we thought we were going to get in it early in the summer. We didn't. We got in it right before camp. Uh, but the guys were super excited. Uh, we, we got in a couple of days before. They've been really, really enjoying just having the meeting space and the locker rooms and uh, really making the guys feel like it's big time in which they are. And, and, and it's still a learning process, you know, and all the things on how to go through a game day with it, how we doing recruiting uh, uh, in it on those games. So there's a lot of stuff that we're still learning, but it's really, really been fun, and the guys are loving it. Interesting season to date at 2-2, two and two, the two FBS losses to Memphis and the Louisiana Raging Cajuns, and very similar to Southeastern in the sense that they play Louisiana Tech uh, off their feet. You did the same thing with the Raging Cajuns, and both were narrow losses. And as Frank Selfo said, really the difference, the gap between FCS and FBS has narrowed, hasn't it? 
I think it has. The landscape has changed, and obviously with the transfer portal. And, you know, we could always get guys in, you know, that would transfer down uh, to us. But, uh, yeah, the guy, guys want to get in the field. They want to play, and, and they want to play now. And, and it is getting closer and closer. And I think we can go and compete with anybody. We've proven that, uh, not just this year but over the years. And hopefully we can continue to do it. Well, 52-45 to 45 back in April, last team they had the ball, something like that. It was crazy. And these two offenses have picked up where they've left off. Both teams offensively have been very good. He, I, I tell you, uh, Frank's done a great job over there. And, you know, that quarterback, Cole Kelly, has been tremendous. Uh, you, you just hope to slow him down. They, they've done such a good job. He spreads the ball out. He's got weapons all over the place. They're scoring points. And, I think the day, and you know this, you watch a lot of football, is uh, high-scoring offenses. It's about getting a stop here or there and getting your offense another possession. Uh, that's what the game has come to, and that's what it has been for us. And last year was a wild one, Kenny. You remember we turned the ball over uh, in the second half to uh, after we gave up a lead from halftime, and we were still in it battling right to the very end. But that's what a good rivalry game is. If we come back, Robert, since we've been here and since Frank's been there, it ought to be a lot of fun on Saturday. Well, I mentioned it earlier, too. A rivalry is defined as something that's competitive, and it doesn't get more competitive than this 15-15. That's remarkable that it's dead even over the years, huh? Uh, yeah, and me and Frank talked about it. Before we got here, I said it really wasn't a rival because Southeastern had been winning every every year, you know? And so we had got it back, and we made it, and we're three and three since we've been here, and, and fifteen to fifteen. So that that's what it's all about. Let's let's go. And then, and oh by the way, we get to play them again this year later on. Yeah, that be that's the actual Riverbell Classic game in Hammond later. How difficult is that? Is that a difficult dynamic to have to play a team three times in one year? Well, it, it does seem like we just got done playing them. I swear, it was like it was two weeks ago, uh, and it, it was in the spring. And I really don't know in the same exact season. You know, this is the first time that we're doing it. But we, we know each other so much. We're so familiar with each other. Um, you know, we know the players. The staff knows each other. It ought to be a lot of fun to play them again. All right. When you look at what you've done thus far this year, offensively it starts with Lindsey Scott. He's clearly better than he was last year overall. He's run the ball incredibly well, 108.5 yards a game, four touchdowns, and he's completed 63.6% of his passes for seven touchdowns and two interceptions. There's a young man that needed to find his niche, needed to find the right place after, of course, a couple of FBS stops. And obviously, he's more comfortable at Nichols, and he's playing better football this year, isn't he? Yeah, he's really doing a good job for us. He, I, I still see him getting better every day. He's really maturing as a quarterback. Um, Coach Rob Christopher, our offensive coordinator, has done a great job with him. And uh, Lindsey's in command back there. He spreads the ball around. Um, you know, you mentioned his running, but he, he can throw the football too. You know, he's a dual threat guy, but he throws it very, very well. And we got some weapons he can get it to. He's been manage, managing the game, Kenny, really, really well for us. Uh, he's got to do that again on Saturday uh, to give us a shot. Julian Gums, uh, Frank Self always joking, seems like he's been there seven years. Not really, but he's been dependable. He's solid. He's good. And he's been good again for you this year. Had a really good fall camp for us. Uh, looked like the old Julian running hard. Uh, he's in he's in the best shape. He was injury free. Uh, even the first two games, he, I thought he ran well. He just didn't have the results. We played, you know, those those teams were pretty good. 
but the last couple weeks, he's really, really come on. He's the workhorse. Uh, he's the guy. Uh, we count on him a lot. And continues to play well. Of course, Dejon Dixon's been superlative uh, on the outside. That's not a surprise. He, he, he's kind of been that type of player since he's been there. It's just kind of crystallized this year to where he's become more of an elite player. I think him and him and uh, Lindsey have been getting on the same page. You know, and, and by the way, I told uh, Pierce Bonk and Chase that I was uh, speaking to you today. They were they were super excited that I was getting on the radio with you. And so when you look at what Dejan is, and I think Chase had been throwing to him all these years, it took a little bit of while for him and uh, Lindsey to get on the same page. Uh, but he has really taken off. He, he he works hard in practice. He he's grown every year. He continues to do that. He's a big threat for us. Teams better know where he is, and obviously when they put two guys on him and you know somebody over the top of him, obviously it opens up for some other guys. Defensively, Tyree Evans leads you with 23 tackles, including three for loss. Zach Bernard has a two-and-a-half sacks. Barry Gansey has a couple of sacks. And, and the one thing I note, and I always study these things, is it's pretty interesting. You haven't turned the other teams over that much, only three times and don't have any interceptions. I know that's something you'd like to see more of, right? Yeah, and, and we talk about the turnover battle all the time and the takeaways, and we work hard at it. We, just last week, though, we, they put the ground ball on the ground a couple of times. We had some big hits. It just, it just can't bounce our way right now. And, and hopefully, um, you know, sometimes they, they come in bunches. I know that, that happens, and hopefully we can get on the roll and do that, but uh, those guys are flying around. Can we play better up front uh, defensively on the defensive line? I think that's been, uh, made a big difference, uh, even with our back-end guys. And then, of course, when you talk about your kicking game, Lassane is 5 of 6 in field goals. That's important uh, to be able to know that when you cross the 35-yard line, you have a shot to score. He's been really solid. Our, our kicking game has been really, really well. Uh, you know, Don Bricotta's our, our deep snapper, and Andre Dragner, our, our holder, and Gavin obviously kicking it. Those guys have done a great, great job for us. And Brian Wallace uh, runs our special teams, and he's done well. The kicking game has been solid, and, and you know how important that's going to be on Saturday. No doubt, very important. And, of course, you know, when you look at the, the grand scheme of this game, again, turnovers, that's an easy thing to point to in terms of what's the – ultimate outcome clearly if you win the turnover battle you got a great shot and as much as anything I would imagine you'd like to possess the ball and and just try to get a couple of stops right yeah the time of possession is going to be huge you know for us and obviously you want to put the ball in the end zone but the more you can keep the ball out of Cole Kelly in their offensive hands uh that's going to help you tremendously so that that is a big goal you know we, we just got to go out and execute uh, the old coach lingo, you know, we got to pay attention to detail and execute and do our job. Uh, not worry about the opponent so much, even though we know who's on that other sideline. We got to do what we do, uh, and, and that's going to give us a fair chance to win the game. You know, it's interesting. You mentioned Pierce and Chase earlier, and I wrote this prior to the start of the season. No team in this state has more players from Louisiana than Nichols does. I mean, that has been your philosophy from day one. Uh, you have stuck to it, and it's obviously paid huge dividends for you. Yeah, for on, on many reasons. You know, there, there's so many good players in the area, and uh, they all can't go to, so to speak, the bigger schools. You know that. And uh, we've done a good job. And our coaches, and you know one of them, Lee Roussel, uh, 
has they've done a tremendous job of identifying the local talent that fits our scheme and getting them in, and getting them to come here. And that's why we've had the success because there's so many good players in this area. We're going to continue to do that. Uh, and, and those guys want to come back. You know, they want to come back to the games and they want to come back and see the place that they built here. Uh, so it's been really, really good for us. And again, as far as this game is concerned, it's a noon start Saturday in Thibodeau. Get up early, get over there, because if you want to see a really good football game, this is your shot. And hey, if you don't see this one, go catch the Riverbell Classic November 18th. <laughs> Might as well play three times in one year. I mean, I think this is like a best of three baseball series or NBA series or something. It's crazy. Exactly right. Exactly right. Yeah, we're expecting <laughs> a good crowd. The weather's going to be good. Uh, get your tailgating on early. Just change your menu a little bit. Get them ice chests out and, and come have a good time. It's going to be a lot of fun. And, and again, if you, my guess is, and I asked Frank about it too, I, I can't imagine that we won't see points scored in this game. Sometimes you, you're surprised by this, but I can't imagine this is not going to be another game where points are scored. Yeah, I think a lot of people um, in these stands, get in your seat early. You, you, how about that one? Because you never know what's <laughs> going to happen right off the bat. <laughs> all good hey listen jimmy rebo always a pleasure my friend great job keep up the good work nothing but the best this season of course best of luck on saturday you hear okay ken thanks for all you do man hope to see you soon all right appreciate it thank you jim jim rebo of the Nichols colonels again noon on saturday should be an outstanding game southeastern louisiana lions and the Nichols colonels Looking forward to it. And again, what a strange dynamic with the fact that they're playing again later this year in the Riverbell Classic on November 18th in Hammond. And again, playing for the third time this year since they played back on April 10th in the delayed 2020 season, delayed by the pandemic, when the Southland elected to play in the spring. So strange times, strange measures, and who knows, maybe a strange result on Saturday. If you'd like to join in the conversation, 504 260 1061. That's 260-1061 to weigh in. Final segment coming up. We'll touch on LSU and injury and Tulane when we return. Back in a moment here on 1061 FM, Nash Icon and at NashFM1061.com. This week at Macy's, get an extra 20% off your trademark fall look with your coupon or Macy's card. That's on top of 25% off fab fall looks from Ink, Alfani, and more. And 40% off bath and bedding from Oak, mindfully made and created for Macy's. Or save on fresh boots and shoes. Buy two, get 40% off. Plus, Macy's Star Rewards members can earn even faster during Macy's Star Money bonus days. Going on now. Details at Macy's.com slash Star Money. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply. Okay, my shipments have to get to customers on time and looking good. It's possible with Staples Connect. Staples Connect has small business shipping covered with premium shipping supplies and UPS shipping services. And now, buy two, get one free on select shipping supplies like Bubble Roll and Avery Labels. Plus, get 20% off UPS Express shipping services. Explore what's new at your local Staples store or staplesconnect.com. Staples Connect, the working and learning store. Ends 1030. Visit staplesconnect.com slash shipping for details. Kane Brown, West and Free Tour. Friday, October 22nd, Smoothie King Center. Special guests, Jordan Davis and Restless Road. See the meteoric rise of Kane Brown live. Tickets are on sale now at KaneBrownMusic.com. Presented by AEG Presents. 
Han Roofing has been in business throughout Louisiana for over 32 years. Today I come to you with a warning. There's a lot of people walking up the streets and they're promising the world. If it sounds too good to be true, I'm guessing it probably is. I would suggest that you try to use Louisiana contractors. I think there's plenty of us here and that we can handle this work. We just handled Lake Charles. Call us today for a free estimate at 504-737-2228. Always welcoming intelligent points of view, whether we agree or disagree. Let's have constructive dialogue on all access with Ken Trahan on 1061 FM NASH ICON at NASHFM1061.com and through CrescentCitySports.com. Give us a call at 504-260-1061. Searching for a positive in what has become a difficult time for LSU football, nothing positive came out today. Ed Ogeron revealing that his All-American cornerback Derek Stingley Jr. had a procedure performed on his foot, and he also said there's no timetable on Stingley's return to the field. And... That obviously is troubling. I mean, again, this is a guy that has enormous ability. But have you really seen that ability for any consistent period of time? His freshman year, he was terrific. He played in all 15 games in a national championship season, had 38 tackles that season, including a sack. And, of course, he had six interceptions. Brilliant. And recovered a fumble. Then there was last year. And he missed three games with an injury. And he had just 27 tackles. He did recover a fumble, had zero interceptions, forced a fumble. This year, he's played in three games. He's missed two, and now he's going to miss more. He's had just eight tackles. He has not had an interception, nor recovered a fumble. He has forced a fumble. So again, the productivity his freshman year was off the charts. He was everything as advertised, and then some. The last two years, not so much. And again, a player that LSU desperately needed to be a great player. And it simply hasn't happened. And now the Tigers are going to Kentucky, and it's going to be tough against a team that just beat Florida and plays really good defense against an LSU offense that simply doesn't run the football a lick, not a lick. Either can or won't or both, and I think it's both. But I think it's primarily can't because the offensive line is so bad and the running backs are average. Tulane, short week, tomorrow night, Yulman Stadium, 6.30 against Houston. ESPN game. Houston coming off of a huge win. Houston is good. Tulane is laboring, struggling. To stop anyone and struggling when it matters offensively. Ignore the points. 21 against Ole Miss, 21 against UAB. Against Ole Miss, one touchdown was a defensive score, basically. Against UAB, they scored nothing when it mattered. And then they fought back, give them credit, but not a good performance offensively. And then last week, the scoring was done in the second half after the outcome was decided. So the numbers don't tell the story. Four turnovers last week, and there's no chance to play that way and have any chance. Houston's a better team. And Tulane's going to have to play way, way, way above the level it's played at to just have a chance to win this game, much less win it. 
Then they go to SMU. We'll be a prohibitive underdog. Then Cincinnati, team that could be in the national playoff. Then at UCF. I mean, you look at the rest of the schedule, Tulsa's the only game they might be favored in. So again, where do you find wins? It's a 1-4 team. It's not looking pretty. 